We are live on a football Friday here on Birds 365 with plenty to talk about. You got your Mac and Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald, ready to chop it up with you for the next couple of hours. Uh, just before the show started, JM said, beware the barking dog. <laughs> dog may be participating in Birds 365, huh, J-Mac? Yeah, she's famous for participating in my radio spots. So anybody who listens to me always gets Isabella's input as well. <laughs> we'll see if she has anything to say about uh, what her master and or her uncle has to say about the Philadelphia Eagles today. All right, easy enough to know where we're going to start today. Uh, Jason Kelsey was on uh, WIP filling in for Angelo Cataldi on Wednesday morning. And though he was asked probably 427 ways, uh, different ways, hidden ways, insightful way, he just refused to say that he's coming back to Philadelphia Eagles in 2022. Less than 24 hours later, he decided to make an announcement. On the Eagles website that, yes, he is returning to the Philadelphia Eagles while sipping from the keg of beer that Nick Sirianni sent to him to entice him to return. He did so in his usual uh, personality-filled way. Got to give just Jason Kelsey Not is he only one of the best players to actually play for the Philadelphia Eagles. He is easily one of the greatest personalities to play for the Philadelphia Eagles. I will tip my cap to him for his personality, but I am much more enthused and excited about the fact that Jason Kelsey is going to be back playing after another Pro Bowl year, his fourth in his 11-year career as a Philadelphia Eagles, just adding to his, at least one man's opinion, Hall of Fame career here in Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to argue with him being a Hall of Famer. I think he's a Hall of Famer as well. Other people think he needs a year or two. I, I think he's already uh, reached that bar in my own personal opinion, but maybe I'm a little biased because I, I, I'm around him all the time, but I certainly think he's a hall of fame player. Even if he walked away, I will say, look, come on. I, I think that was a prop keg, Jody. I, there's no way Nick Sirianni sent that keg over and it was still there. And no one chose. Jody. <laughs> so that, was a, that was a prop keg. That was a new keg. A replacement keg. Yeah, yes. yes. I, I would concur with your yes. uh, evaluation. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was great because he said he was retiring from hosting radio shows. Right. And, you know, obviously, when you say retiring, people are, oh, uh, and then he, he turned it. So, as usual, as you mentioned, yeah, I you know, I, I mentioned this with some of the Eagles PR uh, people behind the scenes. I, I wonder if people realize, I mean, just, you know, in, in the pantheon of Philadelphia sports, just the connection he has made with the city, the fans, and all that kind of stuff, because that's part of it as well. And we just saw it with Ben Simmons last night. Sixers fans embarrassed, at least some, but Sixers embarrassing themselves. But, um, you know, it's not, it's not easy. It's not easy. And he does it so effortlessly. And it, it, it's pretty amazing. And, and one of the things about Jason – I always joke he's become a crier. He's become a, a Dick Vermeil late in his career as he starts about thinking about other things and bigger things in, in life. And I remember somebody, and I, I think I said it on this show, somebody asked him, you know, what's the definition of a tough guy? Because he's known as this ultimate tough guy. And he, he couldn't come up with it. He said, I, I don't know. And, you know, he gave some kind of answer and it was talking about getting up every day and going through the grind. And I, 
I always said the easiest answer is if you can go up and cry in front of people and they know you can, he can still kick your ass. You're a tough guy. And that's where, that's where Jason Kelsey is, but uh tremendous player um, would have been a huge loss if he wasn't coming back, but it was pretty clear he's coming back. So happy, happy he is back. Good news for the Eagles. And one of the, I think almost ironic things about it is, the Eagles Slot Door got a contract with him. At no point yesterday in Jason's theatrical no. announcement that he was coming back did he say, and yes, the Eagles and I have worked out a contract agreement. He is technically under contract right now because he's got years to run on his present deal, but there's a poison pill in there that if they do not redo it, the Eagles would have to pay him $30 million, which means they would have to release him. Uh, but both sides very confident that the deal will get done. Jason will be happy about it. The Eagles will make it as cap-friendly as they need to. It'll be spread out over multiple years so they can decide after the fact as to when, where, and how they're going to take the cap hit. But uh, from a football perspective, he's still playing at the top of his game. In his 11th year in the NFL, he was an all-pro player again last year. The Eagles had one of the best offensive lines in football. And even with the fact that Barrett Brooks is now retired, we know that Barrett Brooks was a non-contributor uh, to last year's offensive line, which was one of the best in football. There's no reason to not project it as one of the best offensive lines in football. You might not have been able to do that if Jason Kelsey had uh, uh, sauntered off into the sunset. But with them coming back, I've got the Eagles, and I know there's a lot of moving and shaking that will happen with teams over the next, starting on Monday, couple weeks, couple months. Uh, I have complete confidence the Eagles are going to have one of the best offensive lines of football again in 2022. Yeah, I mean, four out of five is pretty good when you're, you know, putting the check marks in the column. And, you know, Jordan Mylott has proven himself. Even Landon Dickerson last year proved himself at, after he got his speed underneath him, so to speak, as a rookie. He looks like a, a really good player. Then you have Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. So all you got to figure out is that right guard spot. As you mentioned, Brandon Brooks is, uh, you know, one of the best guards of this generation when he was healthy, but he hasn't been healthy for a long time. So they had, you know, a top five offense mind last year without him. And there's no reason to think they can't cobble it together this year, whether it's Nate Herbig and they have to make a decision coming up soon on Nate Herbig as a restricted free agent. Um, that, you know, tender is pretty significant for a backup. So, you know, you, you you almost have to evaluate him as a starter if you want to put the tender on him. Otherwise, you have to, you know, continue to negotiate and have to do, um, you know, try to get a longer-term deal done or even a one-year deal with at a lower price. And then people forget about Jack Driscoll, who's also had some injury concerns over his first two years. But he was the guy who sort of entrenched himself at – and then he got hurt and then they were down to Herbie again. And I know Nick Sirianni personally likes Jack Driscoll a ton. I'm not sure if you can count on him um, because of that injury history. And, you know, we're two for two, so to speak, um, of being un unable to finish, but they're, they're, they're better off than most teams. Let's put it that way, Jody. And uh, do not forget uh, Coyote. Who Coyote Awasika. Uh, who, according to Jason Kelsey, is what? Tesla stock. 
He is. I don't know the Tesla stock. You know, the stock market can be volatile. Yeah. Tampa Bay Tesla went down. Let's just say that might might have, but still, he's a young player. Who the the and that's not. Uh, by the way, I made a mistake. That's Coyote's not the Tesla stock. Sua Sua Opeta. Oh no, I made the mistake because I bought Coyote up. Uh, Sua Opeta is the Tesla stock, correct? So yeah. uh, here's the bottom line. The, the Eagles have a really solid, as I'll say, one of the best in the National Football League and arguably right there with anybody else in their starting lineup. And then they've got youth that they think are going to be able to step in when injuries occur and the drop-off will not be bad. Uh, so that is a very good position to be in. The Eagles have other questions, and we're going to deal with all of them, maybe not today, but over the next hour, many months, before the season gets underway. Here's, in addition, just the fact that Jason Kelsey is as good as he is. He's as fun a personality to watch and cover as he is. Here's why I'm excited about today's assignment. It, for my mind. Now, I may be wrong. Howie Roseman's going to do what Howie Roseman's going to do. It takes the conversation of Tyler Linderbaum out of play for the first round draft. The Eagles always emphasize the trenches. I think would say even more so the offensive line than the defensive line. That's been their history. That's the way they've trended. Uh, the k- kid may be a uh, four-time All-Pro, much like Jason Kelsey is come a decade from now, but the Eagles don't need him. The Eagles shouldn't be thinking about calling out his name in the first round. I don't care how good he is. You have to do that fine balancing act of what's best for the team in the upcoming season, 2022, and then the future of 23, 24, 25, 26. If they take Kyle in the line, it's a waste. Second round pick last year, like Dickerson. Okay, I'm down with it. But the Eagles have an off season in which they can immediately upgrade this year's team and still deal with the future. Center position is not where they need to be doing it. I would say Linda Baum comes off my list of rankings as potential first round picks. Do you think Howie Roseman will do the same? Um, I do. I do. I don't think, and, and by the way, I'm completely on board with that for many reasons, even that went further than yours. I'm, I'm one of the very few people, and I don't mind saying it, that I'm not nearly as high on him as, as other uh, people who everybody seems to think he's a slam dunk. I, I get a little bit scared because he's so undersized and people compare him to Jason Kelsey. I was say, and like, I, I, I to say he, as we uh, praise Jason Kelsey yeah. the way that we do today. I, well, well, but I think Jason Kelsey is the, you know, the, the unique, we, we, we always talk about this. He's the unique one. Yeah, it, the last time I heard this kind of talk was Garrett Bradbury coming out of North Carolina State. Oh, he's the next Jason Kelsey. He's undersized, but he's so athletic. And he was a first-round pick. I think he went 16th or 17th overall. Guess what? He is undersized. He is really athletic. He is amazing getting outside and, you know, on screens and stuff. And he also gets the you-know-what kicked out of him on a weekly basis by those big nose tackles who just push him back into the lap of the quarterback. So I'm, I I don't I don't want him to begin with, even if I didn't have Jason Kelsey. But, I, yeah, I think people get too caught up in because Jason Kelsey can do it doesn't mean everybody can do it if they're a little bit athletic. And, and, and Jason's this unique, you know, mesh of football IQ and fundamentals. I think Jeff Stoutland's a part of it because when you are that undersized, you have to have perfect technique and 
all these things. So, uh, you know, they got to replace them somewhere down the road. And, and last year when they were, they were talking about it, the, the, the story was the Eagles realized it. They're not going to find the next Jason Kelsey. So they wanted to go what was described to me in the Ryan Jensen mold, you know, this big masher of a center. Uh, and that's where Landon Dickerson came in, who's this big, giant, powerful guy who played center. And that was sort of their plan in case Jason would retire, you know, this year moving forward. You know, then you have this big giant center, you can go in a different direction, just go about it in a different way. I think that'd be the best way to go about it. I'm not trying to find the next Jason Kelsey because the next Jason Kelsey is going to be really, really hard to find. And they they may very well already have the next Jason Kelsey. They've got a couple of different options. They could either put Dickerson there or they could put Isaac Sayamalo there. This year, chances are one's going to be on Jason Kelsey's left. The other's going to be on Jason Kelsey's right. At some point, one of those two will be moved into the middle to replace Jason Kelsey. Here's what we know. It's not going to happen in 2022. Jason Kelsey back and will continue his streak starting games for the Philadelphia Eagles at the center position. All right, J-Mac, uh, one other point I want to get in before we punch up our next guest, one of our faves, Mike K, formerly of uh, NJ.com, now of Pro Football Network. There was a story on Pro Football Network today that discounted the Philadelphia Eagles as a probable landing spot the John Watson. And as we talked extensively on yesterday's Birds 365, today is an important day in the Deshaun Watson uh, legal world in that he's supposed to, uh, they're supposed to be testimony in the civil cases and uh, not the testimony. John, they haven't even gone inside the court. Why am I forgetting that the word? Grand jury. Grand jury. Uh, right. The grand jury proceeding. Um, uh, Aaron Wilson, who is now one of Michael Cade's uh, uh, buddies on Pro Football Network uh, wrote an article saying that uh, the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes is still wide open, but the Philadelphia Eagles are not one of the teams that he thinks are at the top of the list to potentially acquire him. The Carolina Panthers, the Seattle Seahawks, and the New Orleans Saints? Really? The well, Saints they need with a more cap problems than anybody else? Man, their GM is going to have to get cap creative real fast to be able to got, add a guy like Deshaun Watson, who's already making thirty million plus. But uh, said that the Eagles were not one of the top potential landing spots for uh, Deshaun Watson. You yeah, buy that's one man's opinion, but you buy in? Uh, yeah, well, I'm buying it for this reason, and that really wasn't that new. Probably, Mike Aaron's been reporting that for a while, but he kind of did another story because. There's other teams added to the mix now that the we talked about this yesterday with the dominoes falling and you know Seattle needs a corner quarterback now so Indianapolis you know is in the mix for a quarterback now so the things have kind of changed so he just did another look at sort of the landscape of who might want Deshaun Watson but from Aaron's perspective and Mike could probably talk about this better we're going to bring him on but. You know, he's where I am. The guy won't wave his no trade clause. So, you know, he's reported the Eagles and a bunch of us have done their due diligence and they sent an investigator down to South Texas and they're keeping their their eye on the situation. And and that's sort of what Joe Banner went in the other direction. He thinks, um, 
the the landscape will lighten and, and there won't be as many teams. And I disagree with Joe. I agree more with Aaron. I think there's going to be more interest than people realize if, you know, things go Deshaun's way, which they might not, as we talked about with Dan Lust yesterday. Um, but bottom line is he's shown no indication that he would waive his no trade clause for Philadelphia. So until that changes, it's hard to look at the Eagles as any kind of leader in the clubhouse. I don't know if I call him the leader, but uh, again, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I know what I've read as far as reporting goes. The team that Deshaun Watson wanted to go to was the Miami Dolphins. He's pretty much on record that that was the case. The Miami Dolphins just this week slammed the door on yeah, their active yeah. pursuit. Well, we got to we got to look at that too, Joe. You know my feeling on that, All right? John Schneider slammed the door. They, yeah. they weren't under oath when they made that statement. I know your uh, way of thinking, but it, take it at uh, whatever value you think it's worth. They're saying they're not interested. So the fact that he didn't want to uh, uh, relocate in Philadelphia, didn't want to restart, restoke his career in Philadelphia, well, Philadelphia and 30 other cities, because the only one he did want to relocate to was Miami. Yeah. And if they're not in the mix, as they say they're not, even if we don't believe him 100%, well, then everybody else is on a level playing field. So Philadelphia has just as good a shot as the added Seattle, the desperate New Orleans, the obvious Carolina Panthers. Yeah, those are all the, they said the same thing about Carolina. That's where he comes from. He's a Clemson boy. And he said, nah, I don't want Carolina. I want Miami. So it is now open for reevaluation. He's kind of busy taking care of all the legal things that he has to and trying to keep himself out of jail. So I will cut uh, Mr. Watson that much slack that he hasn't had that much time to give it that much thought. We'll see if Philadelphia comes back into the mix. All right, we'll get Michael Kay's yeah. opinion That's, on this uh, next. Isabella chiming oh. in to say, get oh, the Mike K. Get the break. We got to get the Mike K. Is that what she said? I thought you were saying, hold on. Oh, I thought you were saying. We got... There she goes. There it is. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. That's what I think she's screaming. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I, I do dog well. Uh, John McMullen, Jody McDonald here with you on Birds 365. Michael K from Pro Football Network next here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say. 
We got this. Call Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. It's a football Friday here on Birds 365. McMullen and McDonald joined by one of the best guests we offer often put up for you guys since we started this so about 11 months ago. Uh, we've had Mike K from NJ.com on several times. No moss. No moss. Mike K from Pro Football Network joined us here on Birds 365. Mr. K, what made you relocate? You know, uh, it was a mix of a lot of things. I think, you know, the opportunity to cover the rest of the league. I've already covered two market, two markets and two teams and two drastically different markets, right? Um, the Jaguars and the Eagles. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and so, you know, I, I just thought it was it was the time. You know, I think it's, it's cool to cover the entire league. It gives you a lot of flexibility personally and professionally. And listen, I, I grew up listening to you. I grew up. Just like everybody who's watching the show, I grew up an Eagles fan. Um, but once you see how the sausage is made and you're a journalist, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, you, you you become numb to it. You've yeah. got to be objective, which I think anybody who's who's watching the show and who knows who I am knows that I like to cover it right down the middle. Um, I'll give you my opinion and be honest, but, um, you know, you, you become numb to it. And I think... Um, you look for that next challenge and uh, listen, covering the Eagles was a dream come true. It, um, it was when I got in this business, that was my career goal. Um, and I did it for four seasons and I got to work alongside a lot of people that I respect, including John and, and Les Bowen and Paul Domowich and, and Ruben Frank and, and Zach Berman, all of these guys who are probably guests on your show. Um, and that was like a huge thing. But I think once Les left, you know, I, it was kind of time for me to leave. You know what I mean? It, it was like <laughs> I, I, I needed that guy in the room. But um, Les is still there, though. On one, yes, day. yes, he yes, is. Yes. Um, but you know, it, it wasn't. It was an honor to to cover this team for this fan base and and to work with so many incredible journalists and everything like that. But listen, Pro Football Network is different than everybody else, and I know everybody likes to say that from a national perspective, whatever. But we're covering everybody. We're covering the Jaguars. We're covering the Cardinals. We're covering the Falcons. A lot of teams that are underserviced nationally. And I, I thought that was really appealing. Um, it was an opportunity to kind of take ownership in, in, in the ground floor of something really big. You, I Before I came on from break, obviously, we, we've got a heavy hitter in Aaron Wilson. 
Yeah, Aaron um, does great Lee, work. Who covered the Dolphins for yeah. over a decade, um, who I've always been a huge fan of. Um, he comes from the Alex Marvez mentorship tree that I do. Um, so that's, you know, it, it just seemed like a perfect fit. I love management. I love the way they view everything. We're all on the same page. It's it's a really fun atmosphere to work in. I'm really excited to see what Chris Franklin does at NJ.com now that he's holding the baton. Incredible guy. Uh, just a terrific journalist and a guy who really cares about doing things the right way, which I think is is beneficial to uh, the Eagles fan base. But yeah, that uh, that's what you call a long answer. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's why I'm I'm doing what I'm doing. I agree with we've had Adam on the show. I love Adam Beasley, and you mentioned Aaron Wilson, who you you got to tell Aaron to do more radio uh, hits. By the way, because uh, he does a phenomenal job uh mike and he's been on the forefront of the deshaun watson stuff and obviously uh he paid a heavy price for that at one point in houston but i I do want to start with the quarterback stuff um and there's obviously a lot of big names and we know who all they are but the biggest came yesterday nate sudfeld gets a one-year fully guaranteed deal from the san francisco 49ers Man, Adam Schefter points out, I just want to, just for the laughter of it all, the information information broker aspect of this, uh, all believing he has starter potential in this league, the three teams trying to sign Nate Sudfeld for $2 million. Come on. Do we have to buy this stuff? Do you guys do that differently at Pro Football Network? I want to hear what the agent's saying. Well, the second that I saw that text message, I sent it to several people within the league, and there were <laughs> a lot of LOLs. Uh, yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, look, I, I, I think Nate Sudfeld's a guy that, like like Doug Peterson, um, is a guy who's going to be just a journeyman who knows what he's doing, yeah. who's going to study hard, who's going to be a very Nothing good daddy, wrong with that. daddy for a starting quarterback. Maybe he has some plus traits, but, I mean, that messaging – you know, to me, it's if he has starter potential, then you, you've got a problem, right? Like, I, I think that that's, <laughs> I guess that's where the sentence cut off. But um, listen, I'm happy for Nate. I mean, the only oh, issue my, is, great guy, great. The guy. only issue is he was on a practice squad all last year. So if two other teams thought he had starter potential, like, what are you waiting for, kids? Right. Uh, um, but like, again, look, Pro Football Network. You know, I'm not going to compare us to the other national guys. They've been doing it for a really long time. I've got a ton of respect for Shafter and Ian and all those guys. But you know, um, if he heard that, that's what he heard, and he quoted it. He didn't. He did, that wasn't his opinion. He yeah. quoted it. So, yeah. um, I, I think you know, Nate's an interesting cat. And if they're going to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, he's actually the perfect backup for Trey Lance. In, in my opinion, I think he's a very, you know, he's a guy who hasn't thrown a lot of passes in, in meaningful games, but he's been around some meaningful football teams and meaningful football. And I think his perspective, Matt, ball backup quarterback, by the yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. So I think, um, you know, I think he's a guy that makes a lot of sense for them. I, I just don't, really agree with the messaging at the end of the tweet never has someone gotten so much publicity for doing so little as nate the oh excuse me the unstoppable nate sudfeld if we're going to reference him, Jeffrey Lord, we should yeah. reference him as the owner of the philadelphia mm-hmm. eagles once did i know i'd rather talk about quarterbacks who are actually going to start 
like Russell Wilson in Denver. A lot over the last couple of days, Michael, about how involved were the Eagles? Did Russell Wilson put the kibosh on Philadelphia? Did the Seahawks not want to trade him because he was in conference? Here's the bottom line. He didn't come here, although a lot of people wanted him to come here and be the man instead of Jalen Hurts. Did the Eagles miss out? How would you characterize it? Bet you know background information and or just your opinion. Did the Eagles make a major mistake by not being the team that landed Russell Wilson? Well, it's hard. Like, do you criticize your friends for asking out a girl and them turning you down? Like, I mean, that to me, that's, you know, I mean, we all aspire to date people who are attractive, but <laughs> it's a two-way street, right? Like, yeah. that's, you know, I got lucky there um, in my personal life, but, you know, so I can't really relate to the Eagles. But what I would say is... We all got lucky. Yeah, right? we all we got all lucky. We all outkicked the cover. But what I, what I would say is you know, they did their due diligence. They at least went for it, right? Russell Wilson is an upgrade over at least 25 other quarterbacks. And as far as we know, reported wise, only two of them, only two franchises got up the nerve to ask Russell to the dance, or three, I guess. Three teams asked (laughs) Russell to the dance and only, only one of them ended up going to the dance and paying a lot for it. They paid a lot for that, that dance. So Expensive. No, I, I mean, look, I think they missed out in, in theory, um, just as, you know, the most beautiful girl in the world <laughs> turns you down. You missed out on that day uh, in, in, in that regard. But look, you, the, it's a two way street and he has a no trade clause. And that's kind of how quarterbacks are using their leverage. Now, you see the same thing with Deshaun Watson, who, uh, according to my colleague, Garen Wilson, wants nothing to do with Philadelphia. I've heard that kind of in passing as well. And I, I just that supports his reporting. And I, I think, listen, um, there's a lot going on there. Right. Um, and frankly, look, everybody talks about how talented Deshaun Watson is. He went four and 12 during his, the best year of his career, right before his suspension. So um, look, I I'm a believer in that. You're never settled until you get the quarterback, but <clears throat> excuse me, but <laughs> You know, I also think it's a flawed argument to say the second a franchise quarterback comes in here, especially if you're giving up a lot for him, he can fix all woes. Because that's not the case. The Eagles are not a quarterback away, in my opinion. Um, and look, I think with the way that this offseason is going um, and what maybe you could see next offseason with how much quarterback movement is going on in the league, you can say to yourself, well, let's give Jalen Hurts an extended audition and build around the quarterback position because if this happens again next year, which based on the past two years could happen, then you can maybe land your quarterback if, if Jalen Hurts doesn't prove that he's the guy. Mike, well, let me follow up, yeah. uh, Johnny, yeah. if you if uh, you let me. Um, Russell Wilson didn't want to become a Philadelphia Eagle. Had the chance to, said no thank you. The Sean Watson, we're speculating. Wants no part of becoming a Philadelphia Eagle. Uh, he's got a no-trade clause, and he's going nowhere unless he puts his stamp of approval on it, whoever uh, the Texans are supposed to trade him to. Why no Philadelphia? Who should we be disappointed in that these other quarterbacks have the chance to dictate terms, and they go, oh, well, not the Eagles. Well, not uh. Who is that on? Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni, the other players on the Philadelphia Eagles, the town of Philadelphia, why are some of the best quarterbacks in football going Eagles? Uh. Well, I think it's a fair question. I think there's a lot of factors, right? I mean, I I saw our pal Rob Motti's, um report that that Russell Wilson was concerned about culture. Well, 
I don't know. Everybody I talk to within the Eagles locker room seems pretty, pretty stoked about Nick Sirianni and, and the way the, the, the Novacare is functioning right now. Uh, if you went off the Doug Peterson regime, I, I could see that, especially towards the end, uh, hearing some pretty negative stuff. But um, my understanding is that Russell Wilson just wanted to go to Denver. Like that was like the thing. Um Look, I think the Eagles fan base and the Philadelphia fan base takes a lot of lumps. And listen, you've got to be a special person to to play here and thrive. You have to be a special person to coach here and thrive. In some regards, you have to be a, a halfway decent reporter to, to work here and thrive. So, look, there's an expectation when you go to Philadelphia that you're going to you're going to succeed. And, and some guys can't handle that pressure and some guys don't want to take on that pressure. Um, Denver's a top five market. Um, it, if you've ever been to Denver, it's lovely there. And so I get why he wanted to go there. Um, you know, there's also a talk of Deshaun Watson wanting to go to Miami or Tampa, no state taxes. Maybe that plays into it, but I, I kind of, there's so many factors. You can't just say, Hey, the locker room culture isn't there because that's garbage. You're not there. No. Um, you know, to me, uh, there's a lot. There can be business aspects. Philadelphia is Philadelphia, but it's also not New York from a marketing standpoint. It's not LA. It's not Miami. It's not Chicago. Yeah. Um, so there's that too, which I would imagine is part of Watson's situation. Watson probably also wants to go somewhere where he's familiar or comfortable with the coaching staff. And Nick Sirianni, uh, better for better or worse, was a bit of an unknown coming into philadelphia trust me i heard a lot of that on radio and a, and a lot of that in my twitter mentions. Yeah. so um look i think optics are important too i think you know we've seen what's gone on with ben simmons warranted or not we've seen what's gone on with carson wentz warranted or not and uh, look i think if you're a quarterback and you're watching that people do pay attention i will tell you free agency is a thing where agents do pay attention to how their clients are treated, not only by an organization, but a fan base. And that is something that is on the mind of, of, of folks. But then again, I don't think it's warranted to think, Hey, look, you know, Philly's going to be tough. Well, if you're an athlete and you want to play, you look, Jeffrey Lurie is one of the best owners in the league. Um, Nick Sirianni made the playoffs <laughs> in his first year um, with one hand tied behind his back. Uh, with their cap situation. You know, the Eagles have been to the playoffs four times in five years and won a Super Bowl within the last five years. So it's not like this organization is, is, you know, a train wreck um, as sometimes it's portrayed, but uh, yeah, I guess it it just kind of from an outside perspective, I guess these two quarterbacks didn't want to come here. Yeah. And everything's always fluid, Mike. I'll add to that because last year at this time, Nick Sirianni was not only a complete uncertainty, he was, coming across very poorly in his opening press conference and all that kind of stuff. The Eagles looked like they were a disaster. They had no offensive skill position players. You fast forward a year. Nick's the best rookie head coach in the league. He's calmed down. He's proven himself to a certain degree. Devontae Smith all of a sudden looks like a future star. Dallas Goddard has developed uh, to being one of the best tight ends in football. It looks a lot better now than it did 12 months ago. And quarterbacks, and I'm talking about Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson's off the board. He might change his mind when there's not um, um, an ability to go to a certain place that he might like because of weather or state taxes or something like that. But one thing you said that that strikes a chord with me, 
is, because I hear this a lot, the Eagles are not ready to win. Now, it depends on your definition. If they got a Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson, and you're right, Deshaun won four games playing phenomenally. So it's no guarantee. But this team made the playoffs. They, they're relative. You're telling me a Deshaun Watson or a Russell Wilson couldn't get this team to the divisional round? And once you're in the divisional round, you're a step away from the championship game. And who knows if the stars align? I don't get the opposite mentality of the hand-wringing that says, oh, no, we got to add this, we got to add this before we have to go get the superstar quarterback. The superstar quarterback is supposed to elevate everybody. I don't get it. Well, that's kind of my point, right? I, I do think Russell Wilson would have would have made that difference. I think Russell Wilson was was leaps and bounds the guy. If they could have landed him, absolutely. But I think there's a lot of baggage that comes with Deshaun Watson, and I would well, also argue tons of baggage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would also argue from a quarterback's perspective, if you're trading multiple first round picks. Does that quarterback really view your roster as being good enough to contend? That That's something that I think is kind of factored into this that no one really talks about is if they're looking at the Denver roster and they're looking at the Philadelphia roster, right, and, and you're trading multiple first-round picks and second-round picks, you're not adding on top of me. I've got to basically take the roster as is for the most part and realize, like, hey, this is going to be a lot of work. This is going to be a lot of pushing and pulling. The Eagles have a ton of free agents. Um, both their starting safety spots are empty. I mean, they need a, a, a number two or three wide receiver. They need to improve their right guard situation. Like, there's a lot going on here. The running back long term is is in question. So, like, to me, if I'm looking at this and then I see Cortland Sutton, you know, K.J. Hamler – Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, uh, that offense, like that to me is saying, look, I can get this done, even though they're giving up a ton of future assets and we're not developing around me. So I think that that's also an, an argument to be made. A lot of folks are going to say, well, they have three first round picks this year, take the hit this year and then move on. But they need a lot of work. They need, a, they were second to last in the league in, in, in sacks. I mean, they were getting chewed up by opposing quarterbacks because of their secondary and linebacking group. Like there's a lot of push and pull here. I, I agree with you. I think that they can contend. I just don't think you just plop Russell Wilson in and Hey, they're immediately a Super Bowl team. That's what I'm saying to you is like, I don't think that Deshaun Watson has never been to the, well, I agree from that perspective, game. Mike, that no, nothing's ever a guarantee. I mean, you right. can get Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the stars have to align. We saw it. Aaron's got one. I mean, that's the best quarterback in football. It's really difficult right. to win the Super Bowl. So I guess it depends definition. My definition is sort of relevancy. You're going to be in the conversation. You're going to be in a position to maybe help those stars align that if you're playing well, you're healthy and all that kind of stuff falls into place. But look, the Chargers are in the best position in this league, and they just made the big deal for Khalil Mack. And it, I constantly hear this. And, and Justin Herbert's on his rookie deal, so they have a short window of ability to build around this cost-effective superstar quarterback. Right. I, I turn that back to Philadelphia. People don't realize how quickly 
the Eagles are going to have to pay Jalen Hurts if he performs at the level he did last year. He's getting paid. So this this assumption that, oh, you got to build around the cost-effective quarterback, yeah, it's a really small window. That window is basically this year. Do we think the Eagles are a Super Bowl contender with Jalen Hurts? I don't know. I don't. And I don't think hitting on three first-round picks changes that. Well, but what I would say to you is this. Here's how I would counter. It's not just about this year, right? If you're a GM, you have to think about four years in advance. So if Jalen plays as well as he did last year and then hopefully progresses, then you feel good about re-signing him. And you, you? But if he, if he bombs out, it's cost-effective. You don't have to worry about it. You've got a great roster. The next year, you can build around a rookie. Or you can build around a potential veteran who's going to be over where he is because that's the trend right now. The trend is quarterbacks are turning this into the NBA. It's the one position where they can turn this into the NBA. And if they don't want to be somewhere or they, you know, want to, if they feel like their leverage is where it's at, they will demand a trade or try to seek some, some other place. And I think that's a trend that's not going to stop. So, you know, that's a thing. Like, that's legit. Now, if you told me that they were trading for Derek Carr, I would say, okay, I get it. I get it. Here's- but again, I don't think that makes you a Super Bowl contender. I Like, that. again, I, I just don't. I it- Yeah, I have no problem with the Eagles' thought process of trying to go for the home run or sticking with Jalen Hurts. I guess in Ivest. Jody well, but that's the Jody. thing, though, John. Right? They're trying. It's just yeah. it's not happening. So, what, like to to muse about that to me is like not wasted time. But it's like, well, what are you going to do, right? Like, yeah. Well, here's but here's what, and Jody has heard me say this a hundred times. So, bear with me, hundred and one, Jody. If if Jalen Hurts plays like he did this year and gets the Eagles to the playoffs and is a Pro Bowl alternate. And he's a really solid quarterback. I thought he overachieved. I thought he had a solid season last year. That's that's $30 million. That's $30 million. And I don't think the Eagles want to be in that position. So here, my, my larger overriding point is you're not going to have the capital you have this year every year to go get a quarterback. Here's, you know, here's, here's where I agree with John. Um, there are three potential outcomes for Jalen Hurts this year. One is he kills it. He crushes it. You go, all right, we're extending him. Forget about 30 million, 35, 40 million. He's one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. The other is he stinks. He's Carson Wentz of 2019. You you just have to move off him because he's the 32nd best starting quarterback. Then there's what happened this past year and what he may very well do again next year. Good, not great, middle of the pack, got to make a decision on him. Even though they're three separate possibilities, the largest by leaps and bounds is the one in the middle. He's going to be Jalen Hurts of 2020 again. And then you're not uh, 21. You're not going to be able to make a strong commitment to, hey, we got to move on or, hey, we got to lock this guy up. Chances are he's going to stay in the middle. That's John's point, and I agree with him. That is the most likely. If we're looking into the crystal ball, what kind of year is Jalen Hurts going to have? It's going to be one of those middle years, which is going to leave everybody debating on what the hell they should do with Jalen Hurts going forward. But also, what's the alternative? 
if those guys don't want to come Russell here, <laughs> right? right. Yeah, but if he doesn't want to come here, what are you going to do? Yeah. Nothing you that's, can do. That's exactly kind of my right. thing. And, and look, talking to people around the league, this quarterback class is not good. There are going to be two or three teams that really press and pull a, a, an EJ manual. That's what's going to happen. Cause that's what this Ooh. year is. This is 2013. And you know, <laughs> I know there are people that, you know, Twitter's trying to talk themselves into Carson strong and Desmond Ritter and, and Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis. And you've got the normal draft Twitter stuff because they know uh, everything. Um, but I do know everything. <laughs> yeah. But the reality is, you know, I don't think the league views this class as being very, very good. You can see that in Washington trading for Carson Wentz. Yeah, We have a lot of information on Carson Wentz, especially what Chris Ballard and Jim Irsay said publicly, and they still traded two third-round picks for him. Um, So I I think that tells you a lot about this class, both publicly and privately. And for the Eagles to not waste, but to invest a first round pick in a quarterback in this class, I think would be a mistake if they can't trade for Deshaun Watson, and Russell Wilson, because they won't, you know, waive their no trade clause. They're actually in a pretty good situation. It's not like they've got Taylor Heineke or, you know, Andy Dalton or one of those guys. Yes. If he plays in the middle, they are in purgatory. There's no question about it, but Historically, Jalen has improved every year of his career, especially as a quarterback. Um, and I think that's something that they're going to try to bank on. And look, if it if it turns out that he makes it into the playoffs, look, we've seen head coaches in this league get fired after playoff runs. We've seen quarterbacks get traded after playoff runs. Howie Roseman's going to make the shrewd move. He's always going to keep trying. And I think that that's what makes Howie Roseman Howie Roseman. Um, but if you are... I don't want to say quote unquote stuck with Jalen Hurts, who by the way is adored in that locker room and has the trust of his teammates. You're in, in, in pretty good shape. And I think if you can build around him, at least for this year, you also make the destination a lot more appealing for a quarterback. The next time a big name comes free. So I don't think they're in like dire straits. I know we talk about worst case scenarios, but just from a quarterback perspective, when you look at the landscape of the league, which I've had to do obviously over the past two weeks and beyond, or, and I will have to and beyond nobody's got the right answer. Like the Bengals had no business overachieving the way they did and going, no no business, especially the way they run their business. They had no business being in the Super Right. But, but that's the thing. Not everybody's going to be the Los Angeles Rams and it took them a while. They've traded a lot of assets to get there. Um, so I think this, this musing back and forth of, well, Hey, the Eagles aren't doing enough. They are legitimately trying. Like they, as my colleague, Aaron Wilson reported, they sent an investigator down to Houston. Like there's a part of the fan base that wants nothing to do with Deshaun Watson. And there's a part of the fan base that just wants the upgraded quarterback. Well, you've gotten both results there. I mean, I I just don't know what you can't force somebody to work for you that, that has a clause like that. So, um, It'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. All right, Mike K, ProFootballNetwork.com. Instead of, I don't have to screw up NJ and NewJersey.com. You don't have to worry about that anymore. And That's the whole reason why I left. Yeah. That's the whole- <laughs> Normally, I never did that. That was somebody else. But I, I just think it's funny. You know what's coming. The biggest uh, transaction of the week Uh-oh. in the entire uh, sports world. Jeff Hardy 
to All Elite Wrestling. How excited was Mike K when he heard that goopy music on Wednesday nights? You know what? The the audio kind of drowned out with that bass. Um, and so I was like, wait, is that... I mean, I knew it was coming, but uh, I texted <laughs> uh, a couple of AEW employees and was like, okay, cool. You've got me to pay for pay-per-views. Uh, for the first time in 20 years. So you years. texted Marbez, is what you're saying. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, hey, I'm not going to reveal my sources. Anyway, um, so, you know, to see Jeff Hardy and Sting in the ring again after their debacle in TNA when Jeff was, like, inebriated and, and that whole thing was very cool because I grew up a massive Sting fan. I grew up a huge WCW guy. Sting was my favorite wrestler ever and when he basically retired towards the end of his career the no mercy ladder match that's when i discovered the hardy boys and jeff hardy and jeff hardy was my throughout my teenage years i i dyed my hair like him i i went to sergeant slaughter's house dressed as jeff hardy he loved the costume um J- jeff wow. and Matt, is that uh, burlington north carolina what Burlington, North Carolina. Yeah, it was in like... South Florida. He was dating uh, a friend of my a friend of my's mo- mine's mom. If I said that properly, I'm a writer. I should probably know how to write. <laughs> um, they signed a. I was telling Marvez the other day. They signed a a picture for my my bar mitzvah present from my friend Tommy. <laughs> was them signing a thing like a personalized thing for me, which I, I'm sure is still at my parents' house. But uh, yeah, no, Jeff was uh, Jeff's. Jeff's a big deal to me, and I I was I texted Alex. I was like, "It's my bar mitzvah again," and uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I probably wouldn't have debuted him in Estero, Florida, of all places, but uh, <laughs> you know, um, I mean, he yeah. came free, and that's oh, what it is. Yeah. Listen, I was I have friends who are just not about Jeff, and I get it. He's been through a lot. But if you go through that card and think about how many matchups, to me, he's a top five acquisition for them because you can put him in literally any match and sell it. Um, He appeals to so many different people, uh, especially, you know, the locker room. I mean, all of those guys grew up. Like if you look at Luchasaurus, he's got tattoos like Jeff, Uh, you know, Wardlow, huge Jeff Hardy fan um darby allen huge jeff hardy like there's so many guys in there who grew up watching him so he's kind of a danielson like guy and we haven't seen him versus danielson we haven't seen him really versus moxley we haven't seen the hardy boys in a while against the young bucks we like the tag division's incredible um and so i think this is going to be very good for business look wwe is constantly going to win i think they're in a different business frankly but um i think this is huge this is a huge acquisition it does move the needle it's great uh it's great that tony khan has created this for professional wrestling and um you know high paying jobs but man he's spending a lot of money god bless him well this one's actually gonna pay off here i'll give you something interesting in 2000, the Hardys sold more merchandise than Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, and I believe... Yeah, Jeff, Jeff was a big star. Jeff right. was a Well, big, do you remember he had that feud with uh, Randy Orton in... Two, yeah. Uh, it was my freshman year of college, 2007, 2008. He was the biggest thing in wrestling. There was no... If By Jeff far. did not have his off the, off the, off the ring, I guess, yeah. uh, incidents, yeah. he would have been the biggest star in the entire world. Like, yeah. it, it, there's no question. Uh, yeah. And he doesn't even talk, really. You know, he no. just got. But it. my my argument to that would be, that's you know, that's been a while. 
That's oh, it's fun. definitely been a while, but there's he's the one guy that I think, like Shawn Michaels, can outlive the nostalgia effect. You know, there's certain guys that just have it, and you're always interested in what they're doing. Like, the dude rolled in with, with his ponytail down to here. He looked like one of the founding fathers, and he got the biggest yeah. pop of the night. Well, you know, you know, little inside baseball, Tony said Darby Allen is the modern Jeff Hardy. And I said, no, he's not. No, he's, no, not. he's not. Not even, no, he's not, not even close. Not cough no. and drop, There's diving backwards. So I mean, they, they take insane risk, but Jeff appeals to like literally yeah. everyone. No. There's there's an it factor, and he he has the it factor. Yeah. I All would right. agree with that. Let me get uh, one wrestling question in, and one more football question for you sure. before we let you run, Michael. Number one guy you mentioned, Wardlow. Uh, he is broken with the pinnacle. He wins the face of the revolution. Major push. <laughs> Short-term Well, well done, Jody. I can't keep all those to things. To the freaking moon. So here's how I would book it, right? So he faces Scorpio Sky for the TV t- uh, the TNT title uh, next week. You have MJF interfere because, frankly, he's eclipsed the TNT title and you want to keep pushing him. You never want him to lose, right? One of the problems that the WCW ran into with Goldberg is they put the U S title on him and he just like skyrocketed their merchandise was up. The TV stuff was up and then they had to figure out a way to get the world title on him. And then it, it booked them into a corner. They had to, they made the U S title look meaningless by like, I, I hate when they do that. Like they recently did that on NXT with Keith Lee, who's no longer there, but whenever you put two titles on a guy and you just say, eh, He'll keep he'll keep the world title. He'll just throw this other one to a tournament. It it demeans the title, and I think the TNT title is way too young, and way too, you know, hot right now to take it off him. So what you do is, you know, you have MJF cost him the TNT title. You do the feud with MJF. He kills MJF, uh, and then you go from there. I think that's what that promo was setting up. But I love that they put the title on Scorpio Sky. I, I thought when they originally started, he was probably my favorite guy that they had on the roster. But um, yeah, I got to get the big title off out of Page. Just doesn't great wrestler. Great yeah, I worker. think Cole, I think Cole's going to win it if they do a rematch. So got to get um, it. On. Uh, it. But yeah, I didn't love that promo back and forth last night mm-hmm. or the other night. But anyway, what I would say is this: Wardlow will be world champion by this time next year. Fair He's enough. the next well, original. That's, that's to win way off. I thought it'd be quicker than that. All right. Um, one last Eagle question. Sure. I'll make you uh, Howie Roseman. You inquire about DK Metcalf with Seattle because they're going back with every building. Eagles need a veteran wide receiver. You take a look at the free agent group. The ones that you want are more expensive than you think they're worth. The other ones, do you really upgrade enough? So you got a DK Metcalf year to go. Get him cheap for this year. Then you got to make a call on him. You offer a first-round draft pick. Someone higher in the first round than you offers their first-round draft pick. And Seattle says, well, we'll give him to you for your one, but it's got to be your one plus because otherwise we've got someone who's willing to, let's say, a, oh, I don't know, Washington at 11 or a Cleveland at 13, say they'll give up their first-round pick. You're sitting there. You've got to offer the best one fifth, and that's still not good enough. You go in a one plus for DK Metcalf. Seattle needs a left tackle. Andre nineteen Dillard. and Andre Dillard. Andre, Andre Dillard. Okay, nineteen that's, that's, and Andre Dillard for maybe DK and a fifth. 
Like, duh. Damn, you're a good general manager. That was, yeah. man, you put that deal together pretty damn quick, Kay. I'm impressed. I mean, look, here, you want to sweeten the pot? You want to make it a little bit more interesting? They also need a quarterback, too. And guess who's from the Washington area? Gardner Minshew. There's well, who went to Washington That's State? One. He's technically yeah. from, I think, like the yeah, South. Not, but yeah. Hence the mullet. But look, you look. You're putting Andre Dillard in a safe space. He's from Washington State. Yeah, and by on, the way, they're best friends. We're going complete circle here. We started talking about Nate Sudfeld and the fact that he's not a starting quarterback. Can we acknowledge that as well? Gardner Minshew isn't a starting quarterback either. Why would you go Neither there? Does Seattle need a backup quarterback? Because that's what Gardner Minshew is. There are not 32 starting quarterbacks here. Somebody's got to play. Yeah, there's yeah. not 16 starting quarterbacks in the league, yeah. if you ask me. But uh, and Gardner Minshew so Nate Sudfeld is a starting Dillard quarterback. Are so are very, you guys ready close. to retract your statement <laughs> about Nate Sudfeld? What are we talking about? Starting quarterback. Well, you yeah, you tell me he is. Because yeah. there aren't 16 starting quarterbacks. My only quarterback. point for breaking that up is that, you know, everybody's great this time of year. Agents feed this information. I wanted Mike to explain that, but anyway, it went in a Poor direction as usual, <laughs> but I appreciate Mike K. It's Pro because I didn't Network. get that state side. It's because I didn't get that state side well, yet. You never show this up is coffee, anywhere, John. Yeah. This is coffee, oh, yeah, and you got no yeah. shot now, Mister National Reporter. You're not an yeah. eagle guy no, anymore. He's still, he's still important. I tell you what, I'm going to Wine Warehouse to, uh, to. So if you're in the area, I'll text you. And oh I'll yeah, I'll show up like state. Batman. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Send up the Jeff Hardy signal and I get shows up anywhere, anytime, and any I, place. I gave a free a free plug. You should never do that. Uh radio slash streaming one oh <laughs> I gave out a free plug. Yeah. Well, anyway, sells sell stateside, it's okay with us because they yeah. are an actual sponsor. So uh, uh any any good looking store out there that sells stateside, yes, get there and wait for Michael K and make sure you buy him a bottle. Send the receipt to either me and or- read Mike at Pro Football Network uh, at Mike E underscore E K. You, you gotta stop it's that. The worst, but there's too many Mike K's in all yeah. of football. Yeah. <laughs> you My gotta favorite. put it up. You gotta put it up in your uh Little uh, StreamYard Zoom feed. You got to put like Jody and I, I trust do. Xander to put it up. Where yeah. Where's Xander's help? He, he where, doesn't where, where, have where? control over your your. No, your but he could put it on the little like you know lower. Oh third yeah, here. all right, Xander, do that. Yeah, you got a Wait. good point. Oh, there you go. Oh, we can do it. There it is. Xander's Mike got the control over everything. E we talk about how Roseman having the powers. <laughs> there it is. My, there at go. Mike underscore E underscore K. There it is. Yeah. I got to make you work for it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. And you did just that. Mike, thanks. You know, we're going to have you on just as much uh, on your national perspective as uh, your local perspective. Thanks for uh, jumping on with us today. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Mike, Mike K here with us on uh, Birds 365. All right. For those of you who are not wrestling fans, I feel the need to apologize. Not really, because I, I don't know. I enjoy it as much it as I do, I as does McMullen. And Mike so, enjoys it. So what? So so suck it up. You're gonna have <laughs> you're gonna have to put up with 12 minutes of it every once in a while here on the show. We'll come back and talk more Eagles. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles coming next here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. 
or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Football Friday here on Birds 365. McMullen and McDonald hanging with you. We got an hour uh, left to play. Jeff uh, Kerr from CBSSports.com going to jump aboard in less than 20 minutes from now. All right, uh, quick thing I wanted to get to, and yeah. Jody, can I jump in real quick? Yeah, go ahead. A minute ago, and this is what I was trying to get across with the Nate Sudpill thing. Ian Rappaport tweeted this, so this is Eagles-centric. Uh, with all these big names being dealt, who could be the next – Last year, Eagles Pro Bowl defensive tackle Fletcher Cox was nearly dealt at the trade deadline, which is true. Teams around the league have continued to call on him. Considering the D-line movement around the league, it's something to watch. Now, when guys like that put out tweets, they put them out for a reason. Um, and that's sort of what I was trying to get across with Adam getting the agent's take on, on Nate Sudfeld. 
the unstoppable Nate Sudfeld. Eh, just put that put that bookmark that the Eagles are still looking to move. All uh, right, then uh, hold on. All right, and I'm going to follow up in the direction you wanted us to go. You're suggesting that when an information broker, and I was going to talk to you about an information broker next, but anyway, different one, Calvin Ridley, we get to in a second. Uh, an information broker gets given information for the purpose of getting it out there for everybody to consume so that certain dominoes start to fall. Who are you suggesting started this process? The Eagles, Fletcher Cox agent, or someone else? Well, in, in this case, in, in Nate's case, it's obvious it was the agent. In this case, it could be both sides uh, because the Eagles could want to move on from the daunting Fletcher Cox contract. Um, if you're going to be honest with evaluation, he's still a good player, but he's not nearly what he was. And he still played, he's still paid like a superstar player. Obviously go back. He's not the greatest fit for what Jonathan Gannon wants to do. We go back to last season. So there's a lot of reasons it could come from the Eagles and, you know, Fletcher wanted out of here last year, um, at one point before things were sort of. Uh, at least patched back together for the short term. So in this case, it's a little more difficult to ascertain than Nate's because it could be coming from either side. He intends to be, there are certain guys, you know, where it's coming from. Um, um, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to go too far with it, but in Ian's case, I don't think he's that close to, to Howie. So I don't think it's it's coming from from Howie. I will say that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, another information book I wanted to bring to the table, and it's like one of my biggest regrets, and I don't even know why it's a regret. Uh, Jay Glazer of Fox. Glazer and I used to be like this. He really? was an he was an intern for me at WFAN. I did not see everybody yesterday. Jody Mac, Jody Mac. I'm getting a complex. Jody well, Mac. Let, Jody let Mac. me let me finish the story. You'll feel better. Uh, <laughs> 89, 90, whenever it was. He and I were boys. Um, he went uh, on to get uh, the writing job with the New York Post and then became Jay Glazer, Mr. H information around the NFL. But he and I go back and we were tight for a very long period of time. All I had to do was text him and go, Glazer, I need my uh, need you on my show. When and where? Boom, done. Jay Glazer has not returned one of my texts four years, five really? years, somewhere thereabouts. Um, yeah, uh, and I don't know why. And I tried with one friend to see if he could find out, and he couldn't find out. I don't know why. We just fell out. Hmm. I don't think I did anything bad. I never badmouthed him. I know that for a fact. But he used to be from, uh, he went from being a foregone conclusion, I could get him on any place, anytime, anywhere, to I can't, uh, crickets. I can't get a response to a text from Glazer. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I still think he's as good as there is in the business of information guys in the National Football League. Yesterday he said the Eagles were this close to trading for Calvin Ridley that they were like thought they had a deal in place and the Falcons pulled the plug on it and wouldn't explain to the Eagles why they pulled the plug on it. And then the information comes out that he was bound to a bet on games. The NFL was suspending him an entire year, which kind of explains after the fact as to why Atlanta pulled the deal. But we get guys here on our stream all the time. I get calls at WIP. Oh, we get Calvin. Let's get Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley be a perfect fit. There's a veteran wide receiver we could use. It almost happened. 
the the Eagle fans yeah, here was in town were right. It, it was, was this happen. close, Johnny Mac. Yeah. And that would be a perfect fit for what they need. Um, you know, if you're comfortable with the off-the-field stuff, and I'm not talking about the gambling because we didn't know about the gambling at the time. I'm talking about the anxiety and why he walked away from the team after I think it was five games last year. But the year prior, I mean, the guy was just tremendous. Like 1,300 receiving yards, uh, nine touchdowns. Um, veteran guy, knows how to play. Uh, great route runner. Exactly what the Eagles would need. Almost a perfect fit from a football standpoint. And then all of a sudden you got two Alabama guys and you could argue, yeah, I mean, look, if you go back, as I said, to 2020, you could argue he's better than Devontae. I mean, he was that good. Uh, and then you have two receivers of that level. And who cares if Quez Watkins is your third or you're trying Jalen Ray or whatever. If you got two guys capable of putting up a thousand yards, yeah, would have been a perfect fit. I can't imagine the Eagles would have had to give it up. They would have gotten a discount, you know, maybe second round pick, maybe third round pick because he's so expensive. He would have been playing on his fifth year option, um, which would have been over $11 million. But I guarantee the Eagles would have worked out an extension to get that number down. Um, yeah, it's a shame. Would have been a perfect fit for what this team needs uh, off from an offensive perspective perspective and when you trade for somebody you don't have to deal with what I say about Mike Williams who re-signed with you know Justin Herbert or uh, Amari Cooper now that he's going to be free and wherever he ends up going and you got to you got to sell those guys on you're going to be able to get your touches when you trade for somebody you got their rights and you know they play Right, but uh, in a case of a guy like Ridley, excuse me, you have to be able to sell him on signing the extension. You're right, you can just get him, and then you plug him in. You can have the season you're going to have, but you've also got to sell him if you want to yeah. do the extension, yeah. which we'll, uh, we'll never know if the Eagles could have gotten that done with a guy like Calvin Ridley, but they were very close to doing just that. All right, speaking of a relocated uh, guy who can catch the football, I saw this on Good Morning Football this morning, uh, our buddy – Mike Garofalo's on there, uh, and I think he was the one who who, who said it. Um, Carson Wentz goes from the Indianapolis Colts to the Washington Commanders. They've made their commitment to the quarterback for at least one year, and that's all we're going to go because that's all the Colts got out of them, right? They thought yeah. they were acquiring their quarterback for the next three, four, five years. One. So I'm not going to go one more year past one for uh, Washington. But He's there now this year, and they want to improve, and they want to uh, give him the best chance to improve, which means they need to upgrade a couple of positions. Could one of them be tight end? Could one of those improvements include the addition of one Zach Ertz, who is a free agent with the Arizona Cardinals? Could he be coming back east the same way Carson Wentz did to join the Washington Commanders? and be playing next year at Lincoln Financial Field in an opposing team's uniform. Yeah, why not? I mean, I, I don't, you know, there was a little bit of, uh, you know, Zach obviously and Carson were tremendously close um, uh, early uh, in, 
Carson's career here in Philadelphia. A little bit of talk. It, they weren't as close when things went off the rails. I don't know how true that was, but they've always had a great chemistry. Um, and, and, and then when you look at what, what has happened to the tight end market, um, with all the tight ends getting franchised, all of a sudden, look, if you want a tight end, you could make a strong argument that Zach Ertz is your best available option. Um, you know, there's some younger players. Uh, I think uh, CJ Uzama from Cincinnati uh, is a free agent. Uh, Tyler Conklin is a free agent. He had a big year. Um, those guys are a little bit younger. Um, but, you know, because of the cost effective nature of of that position, you know, everybody franchised their tight ends. Three tight ends got franchised. Um, I will say, you know, in Washington, they have Logan Thomas. Remember, he's hurt. He was hurt. He's coming back. So I don't necessarily know if they're looking for a big splash at tight end because he's a pretty good player. But, again, that depends on health and, and things of that nature. But I see where you're going. I mean, but Zach might get a bigger payday than people expect because – those tight ends, they're not they're not available now. Right. Your your point about uh how three tight ends yeah, got franchise, franchise tag. Yeah, yeah. That and yes, the franchise tag is not all that large. Tight ends another disrespected position, at least in my estimation, through the franchise tag numbers. Um, so it wasn't a bad move. I'm not suggesting it was a bad move by it. Well, I'm not sure about Dallas, but uh, I like Njoko and I like uh, Kaseki a lot. So uh, kudos to those teams for getting those guys locked up. But you're right. It just takes the number of potentially available tight ends off the market, which should, in fact, uh, increase uh, Zach Kurtz's value around the league. Uh, That would bother me more than Carson Wentz coming back to play for Washington. Because Carson Wentz, but maybe we shouldn't go down this road with the result of last night's Sixers-Nets game. I had no problems with everybody in the building booing Ben Simmons. How'd that work out for the Sixers? I uh, think they, it would have been great if they just would have ignored him. I, but I know that's yeah, I not nev- possible. I never believe that. I know that's I, not possible. I've heard possible. that argument for the last 25 I, well, years. Well, it's not possible. Radio. Just because hey. he's such a toxic, just be thrilled he's gone. Uh, That's what I say. Be thrilled he's gone after the 29-point beatdown they took last Well, he wasn't a part of that. that. He was. He had nothing to do with that. He's mm. not even playing. So, I mean, that's the Sixers' problem. That they got to fix their own. That's what I was kind of getting at. Um, but I would have trouble, like, being upset with Zach Ertz coming back because he was such a class act. We talked about Jason Kelsey at the very start of the show that it's great news that he's coming back. The fact that he is as good a player as he is, as good a guy as he is, as good a personality as he is, all those things. Zach Gertz is kind of like Jason Kelsey light for me. He was a tremendously talented player and contributed to that Super Bowl championship and handled himself with class when he was here the entire time that he was here. It's going to be hard to boo him when he returned. They, I don't think they'd even do that. No, I think Eagle fans no, are smarter Zach than that is, and classier yeah. than that, but... Uh, once the, the 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 opening kickoff goes, you got to root against the guy, and it's going to be hard to root against Zach Ertz uh, when he comes to town in another team's uniform, specifically a, uh, a rival like the Washington Commanders. So I'm actually rooting for Zach Ertz to land elsewhere. I I don't need to see 
Carson Zach part do in our nation's capital. Yeah. And I don't, as I said, Washington's pretty set at tight end. So I don't think you have to worry about it. You never know. Uh, and I think Zach's market will be um, big enough because of what's happened elsewhere that he'll have other options, but uh, you never say never in this league, but I don't think you're going to worry about it have to worry about it. And you're right about, you know, nobody's booing Zach Ertz. I mean, when he left him and uh, Julie, his wife, uh, the Ertz family foundation, they never stopped doing charity work in Philadelphia. I mean, that guy is a class, class act. Was his entire time here in town. And I believe that will continue wherever he should land. I'm just hoping it's not Washington or New York or Dallas. They don't need him here twice a year. Want to root for him. Want to see him uh, continue his career. Now the Giants, now the Giants, because Evan Ingram might leave the Giants. Yeah, the Giants might be your bigger problem than Washington. Yeah, but I get, the, you know, Ertz and Wentz, I get your connection. But here's the problem with the Giants. Giants are going to have to overpay Mitch Trubisky to bring him in as competition for Daniel Jones. And then they're going to have no well, money. Speaking no of money agents, left for Zach Ertz. Speaking of agents, Mitch Trubisky's agent, I got to look up who it is, has done a tremendous, tremendous job because he's got everybody. Everybody wants Mitchell Trubisky. Everybody doing a hell of a job making his money. I will, I will at least credit Mitch Trubisky with this much. Of the guys who we've spoken about today, who are not starting quarterbacks in the league, despite what someone may say. Uh, 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 Chauncey Gardner, the Eagles backup. Nate Sudfeld, the 49er backup. Mitch Trubisky actually has, for me, shown more traits of a starting quarterback in the league. And I know oh, Gardner Mitch started yeah, down in Tampa, uh, down in Jacksonville, but his agent is at least tapping into some actual tape work that the guy has put up and taking team to playoff appearances, whereas Snake Sudfeld has never done yeah, that. I'll, I'll tell you what, and I'll, Mitch has a ton of physical gifts. I mean, he's a tremendous athlete. I mean, tremendous. So, yeah, I mean, people will talk themselves, as you saw it in the draft. I mean, there's a reason he went number two overall, and it's not because he doesn't have a ton of of, of you know, athleticism and that arm strength and all the kind of stuff. But man, he just was not good um, in Chicago. He's just, you know, he just wasn't picking it up quickly. Uh, you know, no, maybe, but- maybe, maybe a second chance, maybe it works out better, but it, it looked ugly at times in Chicago. What's your pooch's name again? Isabella. Yes. She's not a big miss. Isabella. Yeah. I don't know if she is or isn't, but she's got serious uh, opinions on Mitch Trubisky, whether it's positive or negative, you could only interpret. I don't know what your dog barks. That's negative. That's a negative. negative. All right. So she's not buying what Mitch Trubisky's agent is selling or attempting to sell. And as Johnny Mac points out, he's doing a nice job of it because there's a lot of talk about him landing a starting job in the league. We shall see. All right, quick time out here. And then one of our buds, Jeff Kerr from CBSSports.com. Going to jump aboard here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. 
Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Yeah, Mac and Mac, Nicole McDonald here with you on Bird 65. We had another guy who sits in the host chair from time to time. Does an outstanding job for CBSSports.com and very wisely chose his Philly shirt today rather than the Sixers shirt. Yeah, baseball's back. We haven't mentioned that. How about that? Baseball's back. I had to bring it on today. Yeah, Yeah, I know you, Kurt. You were thinking about wearing the Sixers shirt until they got their asses kicked by 29 points and you said, give me that Philly shirt. You know what? I break down that game two reasons. When the team shoots over 60% and our team shoots under 30, they're going to lose by 30. Yeah. I don't know who the now the panderer in chief in Philadelphia. Typically it's Nick Sirianni, but now I might have to say it's Chef Kerr. Oh. Come on, the Phillies, the Sixers shirt. Come on. Well, I don't on. have a I don't have a Sixers polo, I will say that. It's I invest in the James Harden esque jerseys, but I don't All right. All so right. but I don't have any your... at least at least that I normally wear, I'll say that. You want All to put right. that, keep that Harden uh, jersey in the closet for another couple of days so he comes out as a <laughs> respectable game again because that was embarrassing. Oh, he was night. terrible last night. He just looked disinterested. Uh, I was completely shocked by how he played last night. I know he's come up short in a lot of those big games before, but last yeah, night. It's one game on a, what, Thursday night. What yeah. Was yeah. yeah. Well, and, that's how I look at it. It's a Thursday night. As our uh, colleague Devin Caney said, just move on. 
Yeah. But uh, that's the thing about Harden. He can look disinterested and get 28. That's just the way he plays. So I'm not going to worry about it. But he stunk. He couldn't throw the ball in the ocean. All right, Jeff Curry, here's where I want to start with you. I started here with Michael K. Same with you. Should Philadelphia fans be worried that Russell Wilson said, thank you, no, Philadelphia, that Deshaun Watson may well say, thank you, no, Philadelphia, has Howie Roseman not done a good enough job to build up this roster that a star quarterback would go, yeah, add me to the mix of that team, and we've got something cooking. Uh, they've officially been turned been turned down by one. They may be turned down by another. How should Eagle fans feel about that, or should you just say, hey, he didn't pick up. What, what, what we can do, hold a gun to his head? Well, that's the question I ask you, Jeff Kerr. I never thought Russell Wilson wanted to go play on the East Coast anyway. I didn't think he had interest in Washington. I didn't think he was going to have interest in Philadelphia. I remember when all this talk was, you know, even before Russell Wilson got traded, oh, the Eagles can get Russell Wilson. Well, that's great. Russell Wilson has to want to come to Philadelphia. And I'll say what I've been saying all, all season. The Eagles roster just is not good enough. They're not enticing enough for a quarterback to want to come here right now. And Denver's roster was for Russell Wilson. They they probably are a quarterback away. I don't think the Eagles are a quarterback away from competing for a Super Bowl. But you need that quarterback to actually compete for said Super Bowl. So it goes both ways. Jeff, uh, it, it's interesting because Mike said a similar thing. We had Mike K on earlier. And I've kind of pushed back on the Eagles are not ready narrative. I hear it all the time. You're not the only one. As I said, a lot of people tell me that. But what, what, why? Why? I mean, this is a quarterback centric league, a quarterback driven league. And I always say it depends on your definition. By no means am I saying if the Eagles were to get to Sean, uh, Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson that they would turn into an immediate Super Bowl contender, but you're a heck of a lot closer. And that's the goal to be in January and hope the stars aligned and yada, yada, yada. Why do so many in Philadelphia think, oh, this team is completely not ready? This is, The entire NFL is based on parity. All these games are one possession games at the end of the fourth quarter, as it is now. I don't get this mentality. Everybody, everybody from Jacksonville up, is a quarterback away, a superstar quarterback away from relevancy. Why do so many people in Philadelphia think the Eagles are so far away? Personally, I think they look at that defense. I think they look at the personnel on that defense. I think they see a defense that had the second fewest sacks in the NFL last year, the 15th in pressures. They see a linebacker group that just quite frankly isn't good enough. Outside of Darius Slay, we don't know who the second cornerback is. Not sure who the second safeties are or even the first safety at this point. I just think they need so help at, at so many areas on this team that we can just say, okay, Russell Wilson is, is here. The Eagles are Super Bowl favorites or the Eagles are Super Bowl contenders. I, and again, I agree with you, John. I think it gets them closer. I, and you need that quarterback. But there's just so many holes on this roster. I mean, they, you know, people are trying to talk themselves into Quez Watkins being a number two receiver on this. Well, team. that's silly. I, I'm just but, not buying it. Yeah. No, I'm not buying that kind of stuff. But I think the assumption is, well, if you get and they're not getting Wilson, we know. If you get so we'll limit it to Deshaun Watson at this point. 
if you get Deshaun Watson, everything stops. They're going to be able to add pieces. They're going to be able to add um, uh, safeties. And they're going to line up with 22 people, no matter who the quarterback's going to be. And I, I, every team in the NFL, you can go down the roster right now on, on March. Where are we, Jody? I always get March 11th. Today's you can go doing. through every roster in the NFL, including <clears throat> including the Los Angeles Rams, and say they need this, they need this, they need this, they need this. Now, admittedly, more teams down at the bottom need more. But I really don't get the thought process that 2017, the fan base lived through it. Well, were they head over heels in a one-year prove-it deal for Chris Long? Were they head over heels with a one-year prove-it deal for Patrick Robinson and LeGarrette Blunt and on and on and on? These, these are the people, the glue, when you have the stars around you that elevate you to the Super Bowl championship, and they were afterthoughts. Everybody thought Patrick – I was there. Everybody thought Patrick Robinson was getting cut in the summer. And he turns into the best nickel corner in the league. You have an opportunity to make good decisions, even if you go get a great quarterback. And this is the thing. And, you know, you want to bring up 2017. This is what I like about the 2017 offseason. I love the Chris Long signing when they made I'm like, okay, this may be exactly what they need. This is a guy who can fit in that defense, who was better of a 4-3 guy than a 3-4. And I did the – Edge rushers for CBS Sports, it's not that deep of a class, but there are guys in there that I think could really help this defense going forward. So you're right, John. Like These are guys that I feel like Howie Roseman needs to uncover or unlock, like uh, Rasheem Green on Seattle, for example. That's a, guy, that's a name I'll mention. I think he'd be a great fit for the Eagles. But, you know, guys like that, guys that you're like, who? Or like, wait, what, this guy? But those are the players. And you know, we talk about Jalen Hurts all the time, too. I think this offseason verified my belief more than anything. The league loves Jalen Hurts a heck of a lot more than maybe the Philadelphia Eagles and their fans do because every little insecure or like random stat I tweet about this guy, it's it's so weird. Like I'll have NFL players just like my and they're they're good NFL players. It's not like, you know, Jalen Hurts' is buddies from Alabama here. Like I no, everybody happen. loves Jalen. Everybody yeah. loves Jalen in the league. Yeah. Well, except for the fan that sat two rows in front of me last night. He didn't like Jalen Well, no, there's a lot of fans. There's a lot of fans, you know, that don't like Jalen Hurts. A lot of fans that love Jalen Hurts. Fans are fans. But people in the – but I will say this, Jeff. You can't get caught up on people in the league because they like a guy, and that's their evaluation as a player. I think the Eagles are very on board. I think the Eagles have been – very conscious of the fact that they recognize that he's still an evolving player and that the vast majority, they, they, they won two guys. They wanted Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. And if they can't get those two and they can't get one. So 50% is off the table. Um, then they're going to stick with Jalen hurts. I think that's tremendously fair evaluation. I really uh, I do. I think so, too. And people made such a big deal about, oh, the, the Eagles don't believe in Jalen Hurts. No, I think they believe in Jalen Hurts. I just think you had a chance to get the guy who's won the most games in the NFL in his first 10 seasons in the league. You have to at least consider that. You have to consider 
Russell, what you have to conserve Deshaun Watson, legal issues aside, you have to consider that because these guys are top five players at the position. You want to, you always want a top five player. I, I love Miles Sanders to death, but the Eagles could get Ezekiel Elliott for Miles Sanders right now. Well, I wouldn't take Zeke, but yeah, well, I hear what you're saying. That's, but, a, yeah. that's a bad example, but it, yeah. if we're, going, we're going off. No, I hear what. Yeah, I mean, Dalvin yeah. Cook. How about that? How about yeah. we go Dalvin Cook? That that's yeah. about. But I'll tell you what, John, like it's just been a weird off season so far. Like guys are getting traded that I definitely did not expect Khalil Mack to get traded, especially to the the Chargers might be the best team in Los Angeles and the, and the team in law, the other team in Los Angeles just won the Super Bowl. Uh, That if, if the, if the adage is true, you constantly hear this in the NFL, the modern NFL, it's become a cliche. You get the quarterback or you get to the quarterback, one or the other. Well, the Chargers got Justin Herbert, and now they got Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. So they got the quarterback, and they can damn well get to the quarterback. They are going to be a problem. Here's one time. Here's the problem with uh, Khalil Mack and, and Mr. Bosa. They can't help the coach convert on fourth down when he foolishly tries to go well, for it. Yeah. Just a, a point of reference. Um, I'm not putting the charges in next year's Super Bowl just yet. All right, Dad, Carr, you know my favorite. It's hypothetical time, specific wide receiver position eagle question. Let's say we get to the NFL draft. And the big wide receiver that the Eagles have added through free agency didn't make a trade. Unfortunately, Mike Williams resigned. Devontae Williams got tagged. Those were the two guys I wanted. Dream o' dream. Um, they don't get one of those other, let's say, at least above average wide receivers available in free agency. Their big signing is Zach Pascal, a personal fave of the Eagles coach who's been mediocre in Indianapolis the last several years. If that's the case, will the Eagles use a first-round draft pick on a wide receiver? If they keep one, two, three, better chance with three than if they only keep two. But will Howie Roseman, if he at best hits a, a dribbler single to first base by signing Zach Pascal, no ringing double, no uh, out of the ballpark signing, will the Eagles use uh, draft capital on a wide receiver as in first round for the third straight year? I think they will if they if it's just Zach Pascal. I think it's going to be more than Zach Pascal if that just happens. Okay, then tell me who they are going to sign since you know, Mr. Hypothetical. I don't know. my game. I like it. Tell me who it is. What above Zach Pascal level wide receiver are the Eagles signing? Why don't they go and try to be creative here and go get Juju Smith-Schuster? They need a wide receiver in the slot. How about a guy like DJ Chark who I feel they can get cheaper than what his market actually will be? It should be higher, but – Again, with the Urban Meyer debacle last year and his injury. I mean, those are two guys I would like to look at. I'd even just say, just even call Allen Robinson to see if he's interested. I don't think he would go to the Eagles. But there are guys you can call. I feel like, though, Jody, their best way to get a receiver is in the trademark. And then we all heard the Calvin Ridley stuff. I mean, they got to be interested in one of those available receiver. I'll tell you what, Joe, I I can see the Eagles be as underwhelming as they could be with this and still draft a receiver. They'll they'll draft guys like, I I mean, sorry, they'll sign guys like Byron Pringle, Zach Pascal, and you'll just be like, well, what are they doing here? Yeah, they're deeper, but they still need that impact guy. But I I feel like they have to get 
if they get a Zach Pascal, they have to get another free agent, or it's definitely going to be in the higher rounds of the draft. Uh, I, I muted myself because of <laughs> Isabella. Uh, speaking of the trade market is where I was going. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but right before it basically came on, Ian Rappaport dropped a little nugget about Fletcher Cox. Um, and Jody and I were talking about the world of information brokers in the NFL. They do this stuff for a reason. Somebody wants this information out there. Might be the Eagles, might be Fletcher's agent. The point is, Fletcher Cox may be on the trade market. He almost got traded at the trade deadline. Pittsburgh had a lot of interest. Uh, nothing worked out. And they sort of made up, at least for the short term. Boy, that would shift anything. We're talking about defense and what they need on defense. Well, if you trade Fletcher Cox, you could add defensive tackle to that mix in the first round of the draft real, real quickly. They'll have a lot of draft picks, too, because wasn't it like – was it Pittsburgh that offered or was it Vegas that offered? Was it a second and a third for him last year? That's what the reports came out or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's pretty gonna significant. Of, you're going to have a lot of depth and a lot of picks there. So, I mean, if they would trade Fletcher Cox, I am – really scouting Jordan Davis. <laughs> I'm really taking a look at him and saying, all right, uh, you know, is this the type of, is this the type of defensive tackle we want to pair with Javon Hargrave? Who, by the way, is a free agent after next season. So that's something to consider as well. But I will say this about Fletcher Cox. I think Fletcher Cox has been a great player for them for a very long time, but he has such a big cap number and he's on the North side of 30. Now it's, if you can get two high picks for him, they seriously have to consider it. How much money would they save with Fletcher Cox, though? Because he's one well, of those it depends. Guys. It's difficult. I was trying to, yeah, I was trying to um, post June first. Um, they save a pretty significant amount. You have to um, rework his deal, right? Yeah. The problem is they've reworked it so many stinking times. Right. That's why I'm asking the question. He, they pushed so much money down the road with him. Would they actually save money by uh, trading them? Well, the, it, it would. They would save significant money post June first. But remember, you're talking post June first. Well, you're not talking 2022 draft, right? So, you know, you got to throw that into the mix. So it seems like it's a now or never type situation for Fletcher Cox. You're going to trade him or you're not. Yeah, I I mean he's still a really good player, but it's one of those things. And I I you know I think it was you got to go all the way back. Jody might know this too. I think it was Leo DeRocher who was the first one who said it's better to give up uh, on a player a year early than a year late. I believe I, I he was. Thought, the first. I thought Leo's most famous quote was "Nice guys finish last." It could be. I, I, I maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but it's a great quote. Um, it's what the Patriots have lived on for years and you got to make difficult decisions. And that's the most difficult. And especially when a guy still got, because Fletcher still got something left in the tank, but how much? And again, it's better to give up on a player a year early than a year late. Yeah. He's a guy too. It's, I, I just don't know what depth they have at defensive tackle. If you would get rid of him, because I'm assuming a Ridgeway's not coming. And yeah, yeah, Milton Williams there, but outside of that, 
What do you have? Yeah, well, and that's the thing. But then you have extra draft capital. Uh, again, it could be 2023, but that's where they already have significant draft capital in 2022, and that's why you have to put defensive tackle. All of a sudden, you mentioned Jordan Davis. Well, you have Javon Hargrave, Jordan Davis, and Milton Williams as your rotation. I mean, that's pretty good. Sorry, sorry, I'm thinking bad is good these days. but Yeah, so <laughs> if they want to get younger, they want to get cheaper – I, that would be the thinking I would I would I would assume. All right, Jeff Carr, I'm gonna once again put you on the spot. I'm gonna give you the nine, count them nine free agents the Philadelphia Eagles have. Uh, we could hedge on this and say probably, maybe, or whatever. No, no, no. Jeff Carr, yay or nay, they will be retained and re-signed by the by the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll go through the nine quickly. Ryan Kerrigan. Nay. Yeah, start start with a layup. You should get him on Bird Street six five more often, and yeah, get the streaming views up. Jason Kroom, no, <laughs> I don't think so either. All right, Anthony Harris, I would bring him back. Yeah. Mm, all right. The question is, will the Eagles bring him back? You can please add. If it were me, I'd bring him back, but I don't think the Eagles are. Uh, or, I, yeah, Eagles Jay, Jay, I say yes, Eagles say yes. Which is it? I would – I'll tell you what. I bring him back. I think the Eagles, that might be a second wave signing. So, if they don't get a Marcus Williams or Tyron Matthew or someone like that, yeah, then they bring him back. Fair enough. Uh, Steven Nelson. <sighs> Nay. Yeah, see, I say yay. I would. I don't think the Eagles would. I, I think I'm, his market's going to be significantly higher. I'm a bigger Steven Nelson fan than most. Jordan Howard. Nay. Hmm. I, I'd probably have to end up with nay, but I'd like to say yay. Junard uh, Avery. Nay. Hassan Ridgeway. I think you already, uh, <laughs> I already gave yeah, it out. You already committed on that one, so I knew the answer to that. Derek Barnett. Hell no. How's that? Very good. Do you well, get Terrence dead? Barnett is oof. Bonus. Unpopular. My colleague Pete Briscoe ranked him the 32nd best. Yeah. Every, hey, <laughs> Jimmy Kemsky said three years, 27 million. If anything, I think it might be a little low. Edge rushers get paid. He's they young. Do. Sam Hubbard got paid a lot of money. Yeah. And the Bengals are looking like that's looking like a steal right now. I, when they Derek, started, Derek Barnett is the only one on this list that Jody is giving you that could potentially get the Eagles a compensatory pick. However, the Eagles are probably going to sign too many free agents, so yeah, you don't have to worry that. about that anyway. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. All right, Rodney McLeod. I'd love to say yay, but nay. Really? So how many yays did you have? All of, I literally just had to do a couple weeks ago, if there were any players the Eagles would retain or – franchise tag ahead of the franchise tag deadline i'm like Eagles. well they already got it done early that 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 the extensions were that jody and i've talked about dallas goddard josh sweat jordan mylotta yeah they they identified avante maddox wouldn't have gotten a a franchise tag but they've i they have already identified the players they really wanted back now they're going to bring back somebody jason croom for instance you know he's rehabbing from his acl they might bring him back at the minimum to compete. Rodney McLeod, I think they're going to bring one of the safeties back. 
probably Rodney. Over McLeod, but that's just me. So do I, but I think they prefer Rodney. But I would agree with you, Jeff. I would prefer Harris. Rodney's such a leader in the locker room. I think yeah. that plays into and it as well. I, I love the guy. I just think his time in the NFL is unfortunately uh, on downturn. Jody's a big Steve Nelson fan. I think that depends on his market. If it's one year again, yeah, they'll bring him back. Why not? Uh, but if he gets two years, three years somewhere else, he's going to have a better opportunity. So that kind of they're going to feel that part of it out. The more interesting part to me is the restricted free agents because so that's what I want to ask you, Jeff. Who are they going to tender? The number is two point, just over two point four million dollars. Doesn't sound like a lot, lot, but that's a lot for a backup. And the Eagles' restricted free agents are Nate Herbig, uh, Boston Scott, Alex Singleton, and there's a fourth. I'll try to look. Yeah, up I'm trying to remember who the fourth one was too. I, I uh, would tender Nate Herbig, but that's just me. I, I would definitely tender Nate. Herbig. Oh, Greg Ward, Jody Sky. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's right. I'm surprised Jody didn't yell that one out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I've resigned myself to the faith that Greg Ward has played his last Eagle game. I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, but I, I, they're not going to. I love they're him not, on this team. It's they're not going to tender. Um, they're not going to tender because you can still remember if you don't tender guys, you can still work out a deal for the veteran minimum, and that's where I think the Eagles are going to go each way with those four players perhaps with the notable exception of Herbig, but it kind of is about a value. Do you really want to pay your backup guard 2.4 million? I don't know. It's a difficult decision. These are small decisions, but they're a difficult decision. There's no way you can tender Boston Scott. I love Boston Scott. He's going to be your third string running back. You can't play your, pay your third string running back 2.4 million. You no, just, that's not do it. You can't yeah. do it. <laughs> it's, and I'm sure Boston's got a lot of a market, but I would just go back. I, if I was the Eagles, I'd be like, hey, you know what? We want to bring you back for just not giving you $2.4 million to come back. Yeah. So those, to me, are the more difficult decisions. The unrestricted free agents, they already made their decisions with the guys they wanted, and then they'll feel out the market. Um, as I said, does Steve Nelson get two years, blah, 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 they're not going to bring Derek Barnett back because he's the most hated man in Philadelphia, as Jody and Jeff sure have both that? mentioned. Uh, I don't know. There might be more hated people than Derek Barnett. Yeah, well, Ben Simmons, but let he's me, out of let Philadelphia. Me, let me get on the record just so I can defend my position. If Derek Barnett gets a three-year deal, I will say in 2022, Steven Nelson will be a better football player. Use pro football focus, whatever you want to use. I'll give you my own personal. Steven Nelson will be a better contributor to whatever football team he lands with than Derek Barnett will be was, with whatever team he lands with. And Steven Nelson is not going to get yeah, Derek Barnett. Yeah, you can Barnett. make that argument last year. That's yeah, I mean, he's a better right. player than Derek Barnett last year. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely was. Yeah, it's he's one of those things where, you know, and Steve was very disappointed. I mean, that's the whole thing. I mean, he thought he was going to get a lot of money in. For whatever reason, it's very weird the way the NFL does business. And you get to a certain point and you're only getting one year deals and 
unfortunately, it seems like Steve Nelson is at point. And then position plays into it, as as I said, with Derek Barnett. Derek Barnett's getting paid because no really good edge rushers hit the market at 25. Yeah, and, but and everybody is, gets desperate. This is, John, a one of the better. We and, always and the it is. About yeah, the quality is. of the draft class. It is. We talked about it earlier with uh, Mike K about the quarterback draft class. This yeah. is one of the best edge rushing draft classes we've had in years. If I got a choice between drafting a rookie and or going with a veteran, Derek Barnett, if I'm team X, not the Eagles, any one of the other 31 teams, give me that rookie uh, edge draft guy that I don't have to pay for years. And, then Derek and, Barnett, who I got to overpay? No, and, thank you. you I'll go Johnson with a potential that- bust and I'll put him in my lineup. Before Derek Barnett. Yeah, but the problem is always supply and demand. So even if we talk about, and you're right, and, and Daniel Jeremiah talked about it, although Daniel said it's really deep at the top uh, at Edge Rusher, but not as deep as some other positions as you go down the board. So if you look at that top six, who we all kind of acknowledge are going top 20, um, there's more than six teams that need Edge Rushers. And that's where it, they got to get them somewhere. And that's where the free agent market comes in. This was something when I was watching the combine last week, I actually said to myself how embarrassed I was. I could not pick who the top running back was in this draft class because there's not going back taking the first round. Yeah, there's not going to be a first round pick, but it, you know, that's a position that it's interesting. You bring that up. That should be a position where the Eagles should be able to get Jordan Howard's replacement day three fourth round they should be there's a bunch of big physical backs that could play his role i'd like the kid from alabama and i don't think he's going to go brian robinson yeah um i don't think he's going to go to the fourth round oh um mechie the other uh receiver from alabama he had the torn acl or mcl it looks like he's going to be back in time for the start of the season i thought he was going to be an easy second third round pick before he got injured now i'm hearing Maybe day three. I'm like, that's really low for him. Some team's gonna yeah. get real value for that guy. I'm I'm a Mechie guy too. If he falls and somehow the Eagles add him, um, like the year they uh, took uh, Watkins, that'd be a great pick, great value pick for them. All right, uh, how involved do you think the Eagle coaching staff is going to be? in the upcoming draft. We know they're going to have their say for free agency because they're all NFL guys. They've done this before. They've been in the position to evaluate other players and advise Harry Roseman how they would fit into their schemes and the like. We certainly know they're going to have a major sway in what the Eagles do via free agent. How involved do you think they'll be in the draft? Because uh, this is a, a first as a full-time, got a year under their belt staff advising in the draft. We know this is Howie's baby. How much sway do you think Sirianni and his defense coordinator have in the draft uh, day proceedings of the Eagles? Days, I should say. If you care about the defensive coordinator enough, and Howie Roseman has said we're basically running Jonathan Gannon, you listen to Jonathan Gannon's input on what he needs to succeed on the defensive side of the ball. And I think you got to take his input in here. I think Jonathan Gannon needs – better off-ball linebackers. I think he needs better edge rushers. He needs safeties. He And I would take Jonathan Gannon's word into account. And, and look, Nick Sirianni is no fool here. He definitely knows how to pick talent. I think Shane Steichen really knows how to pick talent. I think Jonathan Gannon knows how to pick talent. You, 
But Howie Roseman has to let these guys do that. He has to listen to their input, bottom line. Uh, I think all you have to do is go down, go back to last year's draft in the third round and the oh, Howie right. Roseman, Tom Donahoe, Kurt Buffle. Uh, Tom wanted Aline McNeil and Jonathan Gannon wanted Milton Williams and they want with Milton Williams. And so that tells you at least, but I will say this about the NFL in general, the coaches have more impact as it goes down the board than up the board. In other words, more impact second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth than they do. That's how they got Jason Kelsey. It was more of a Howard Mudd recommendation. Yeah. Than they do first round and, you know, First round, you're going to get what Howie and Andy Weidel deem necessary, would be my guess. It's not exactly the worst thing in the world. Jeff Carr, last thing. What are you doing tonight? You know Phillies yet? Sixers played last night. Flyers won last night. Are you just going to uh, sit down and uh, punch out about eight or nine articles about the NFL? Or you yeah, I, I actually tonight? do work tonight, so I had no plans for tonight. I got – Bowling tournament this weekend. I got an AAU tournament next weekend. What are you bowling these days, Shepker? How intimidated I should I be when I step up to that lane I and I ask for the bumpers? I, what'd you shoot? 738. Wow. Bowled for first place. So my team bowled for first place. Now, average game. game, what are you What are you rolling? Average, well, my average is in all three leagues is 210. 210. I can't even get to 210 with the bumpers. I can't count. I can't count the two ten. How the hell am I going to bowl two ten? I want to. You know what I want to see? Jeff Kerr versus Nick Fierro. Nick would beat me. I think Nick's got a couple more three hundreds than I do. I think Nick would beat. Fierro's a bowling guy too. I know he was a golfer. He's a bowling guy too. Fierro was a pro bowler. A mutual friend of that that I bowled on Monday nights. Bowls with Nick. He bowls with Nick in the summer. So it's he was a professional bowler. I did not know that. Learn something every day here on Birds 365. Uh, I learned from Isabella today. I learned a little from Carr, a little from Jay, not much from McMullen, but I'm going to listen to what I just learned about Nick Fierro from McMullen. Yeah, there you go. Uh, That's what we like to hear. JK, thanks, buddy. Always a pleasure. Appreciate you coming on board. Have a good Friday night wherever your trails take you. We'll get you back here soon enough. Right here on this computer. That's where my trails will be taking me on. <laughs> That's Jeff Carr with Thanks, his Jeff. happy Phillies jersey on. He's glad baseball is back. We're coming back. We got one more segment. Going to put a bow on the show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears.
Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Time for a football Friday. Looking forward to our Macamac get together on Monday. Because free agent will be free agency will just about be underway. Ooh, or should I say legal tampering? Which Johnny legal Mack tampering? Don't, don't do that. Tampering. The NFL's not signing off. You created that, McDonald. That's you and right. your other media members made that up. That's true. I'm a, I'm a media member. I'm in that. I didn't blame you for it, Jody. But here's a real quick on Fletcher Cox because got the numbers during the break. A trade before June first would leave the Eagles uh, with 41 million in dead cap, so more than Carson Wentz last year, uh, and they'd lose about 26 million in cap space for 2022. So they can't trade them before June 1st. After June 1st, well, they don't would, say don't, they, don't say can't, because people said they can't trade Carson Wentz, and they did. They can do it, but it well, anybody can advisable. do anything. Yeah, it's not advisable. Uh, post June first, they would get two million in in cap space, and have, uh, and then it could split the dead money twelve point eight in twenty twenty two, twenty eight in twenty twenty three. So, uh, be much more likely post June first than pre June first. So, if it's post June first, as I was saying, then you're not talking about. 2022 draft picks so it wouldn't wouldn't impact this draft it would impact next year's draft and that makes more sense to me all right one other thing i wanted to kind of challenge on uh something you said in the last segment um the depth of this year's edge pass rushing draft uh we could use any individual and the one that i punched up first maybe that's why I, where i saw it why i uh, said really john um, and I think you said Jeremiah said it. How many edge guys do you think are ranked in pro football focus's big board 
in, let's take it down through the second round. Uh, so you got 64 guys. How many in the top 64 do you think are edge guys for this year's draft? I'm guessing quite a few, probably 15-ish in that go. range. He's got 14 through 56. Yeah, Daniel was talking more day three, talking later, you know, like I was talking running backs with Kerr's. You know, you're going to be able to get a good running back, I think, that could be a legitimate piece. It could be a starting running back in day three. Um, yeah, Daniel just said it's really, really deep at the top. It's not as deep at the bottom as some other positions are really, really deep. So it all depends. At the top, it's 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 very good. It's very deep. But at the bottom, it's not as deep. And there's a a boatload as you look at with the with the Chargers. The mentality of the NFL now is you don't need one. You need multiple edge rushers. So everybody's looking for edge rushers, edge rushers, edge rushers. It's what the Rams were doing, getting Von Miller to team up with Aaron Donald even though he's interior, but he moves all over the place, but they also had Leonard Floyd and yada, yada, yada. You need multiple, multiple, multiple guys, and everybody's looking for him. Understood. But uh, if I'm deciding whether I'm going to pay Derek Barnett or not, I'm not going to not do it because, ooh, there's a lack of fifth-round edge rushers. No, you're either going to make the call on Derek Barnett or you're not. The draft is not going to affect it one way or the other. Now, first or second round guys that you think plug and play and throw right in there, which I think there are lots in this draft. Yeah, they, I think, can affect their. Well, that's, and and that's my point of supply and demand. If you say 15, all 15 of those guys we were just talking about are plug and play and they show up and they're good edge rushers, even if you assume that's going to happen, it's probably not. But if you assume that's going to happen and you look at the 32 teams in this league, they need more than 15 to plug and play. And that's why guys like Derek Barnett are going to get overpaid or people think are going to get overpaid. And again, Jimmy is the one. So blame Jimmy. He said three years, 27 million. We'll see. Isabella says, get him out. Get him out. out. <laughs> if he gets a three-year deal, he's blatantly overpaid. Yeah. Isabella, you and me, thank you very much for confirming my position on Derek Barnett. She's always uh, against me, Jody. You can't count on that. Okay. Um, Monday, we can have something to talk about. The legal tampering officially starts. Uh, Monday, we're going to have too much to talk about. Monday, because remember, for people seem to forget every year, most of these most of these deals are in place by Wednesday. So you're going to hear news. They'll probably be, you know, directly after Burt's 365. I forget. It doesn't start till it's more Tuesday. I shouldn't say Monday. I, I don't. I'm not no, sure. I think it's time. Monday. Monday. Uh, I think is it Monday? Monday is it at Sunday noon. at midnight, or or is it one? I haven't looked at the time. No, I think it's Monday. At, it's either four and noon or noon and four. I don't remember which. Well, one yeah, was. that's what I mean. After we're off the air, right? No, no. It officially, you can officially have the first information exchange guy say this deal is done, um, but it's not official till Wednesday at eight yeah. day. So you got to wait. Two days for the uh, ink to dry on yeah. the contract. But uh, no, no, we can get uh, stuff on Monday. Uh, so we'll have good rumors about it here on Birds 365 before it actually gets underway. We'll have a couple of rumors to toss around. Uh, partner, have a good solo weekend. You and Isabella have a good time. Yeah, man. Furlough. I'll be, uh, you know, then I'll be back. Uh, I shouldn't say too much, but yeah, I'm going to have a good weekend. 
he might be out tipping the uh, uh, the vodka with uh, Michael K. Is what he's telling you because <laughs> the wife's out for the weekend. Uh, JM, thanks, bud. Uh, let's get back and do this again Monday here on Birds Three Sixty Five in Two and Two. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.